Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ. Presented by Larry Howes of Sharky, Howes, and Jaber. Learn more about Sharky, Howes, and Jaber at shwj.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Um, quick look at the numbers. There's nothing exciting in the CPI, which was released. In fact, it hasn't changed since May. Jobless numbers have creeped up a little tiny bit, but due to some seasonal adjustments, unemployment is still at 4.7. It is a, a showcase number. Uh, crude's experiment with $50 a barrel has dwindled, and oil is dropping again today, as are all of the bonds. I understand a lot of the flight to safety we had the last couple of weeks for a variety of reasons. Let's just go with the Brexit concerns are clearly unraveling this morning. All the the 10-year and the 30-year are uh, way up. They've given up everything they earned in the last 10 days. On the other side, a lot of the consumer credit numbers were released last week, and uh, credit card balances just regular consumer credit card balances went up 3.4 billion last month so the total is just under 600 billion that's still in my calculation 16% under the pre-recession peak and the growth in that is is up a little teeny tiny bit lines of credit decreased 177 million and that total balance is down to 574 Two years ago, that was over 700, uh, and the balance continued to, d- to decline, about $18 billion less than it was last year. Auto balances have increased, continued to increase. They're up $5.5 billion to a little over a trillion. And the year-over-year year growth for cars has dropped out of double digits. Uh, that market is slowing, clearly. Uh the mortgage side of things, the the obvious just came out of mortgage finance here is just yesterday, as a matter of fact. This is the difference between the pre-recession subprime lenders who used to own the market versus the government insured markets, Fannie and Freddie and those guys. Uh, the market has changed. Uh, even Freddie Mac had some subprime mortgages most of which were in default. Uh, they had about 700, uh, uh, 710 billion worth of those two weeks ago. They had a fire sale of them and had much higher anticipated bidding on it, and it sold at a profit. <laughs> so people out looking for yield are looking for subprime mortgages, several of which are already in default. Uh, everybody should be aware that the Fed opted out of raising our rates a little while ago, and the chances of that happening have been pushed out further. There are several reasons why, and we're not going to dwell on that, but this one is probably the biggest. This is the Fed's change in labor market conditions, which is a combination of, of available jobs, uh, number of jobs waiting the jolts numbers, the advertising online numbers, 
and growth in compensation. And it has dropped. It's dropped significantly in the last couple of months. The push for wage increase and having an impact on CPI is probably over. Uh, what we've seen of that is already in the CPI numbers, and it had no effect. Uh, jolts and the uh, uh, job openings online numbers really have diverged. Uh, the vacancy numbers are, do not jive at all. Jolts still says that there's all kinds of jobs waiting to be had. Uh, the AWOL will tell you that the uh, advertising online has dropped significantly and continues to drop. A lot of the Niebuhr numbers that uh, came out here a little while ago about the push in wage is probably a little overblown, certainly for the, for the summer. Uh, also, on the other side, on the quality side of things, this is University of Michigan who puts out the People get employed for two reasons. I mean, you've got to follow statistics some way. Uh, two reasons. One is pay. The other one is non-pay. And on the right side of this graph, the non-pay areas, people are in those jobs not for compensation because they enjoy it. And the people on the left side and higher are in that job strictly for money. I know that's kind of a dramatic black and white, but mining is at the top of the list. It usually is. Hotels and restaurants are at the bottom of the list. Obviously, people enjoy serving people and making beds because they're not in it for the money. They must enjoy it for some other reason, uh, just like education, which is way out there. Compensation is dropping as a motivation in most of these people's choices of careers. There you go. The biggest area there was anticipation to have ongoing inflation was in health care. Uh, it is not inflating. There was this little purge through, I mean, a, a surge in 2015 that health care services and payments and all of that were really going to help drive the CPI and give the Fed a 2% target rate. Well, that number's turned. Uh, it's sort of a big deal. That was the last hope for actual pushing inflation in the U.S. system. Not that it's going to disappear, but its push and the strength in it has diminished. Here are two of the reasons. Medicaid and Medicare, some 30% of the entire federal budget is represented right here. Their uh, producer price indices are both down. It's safe to assume that there's very little political motivation to try and press these, even though most of the federal outlays in the last two years have been in health care. They just aren't big enough to reflect in the inflation side. They're just keeping up the pace. Uh, I find it difficult to look for areas where we're going to have actual inflation. Right now, it's not going to be health care. Uh, the other side of the coin, are we're looking for bubbles in the markets. If you go back thinking that gold was going to recover, being part of the flight to safety, well, it didn't. In fact, it's dropping again today. So far, uh, numero uno, as far as the markets, 
is still the S&P 500, and it's probably fairly valued today. Just add to the drama. The other side of the coin here is the Brexit, which has spent entirely too much time in the media, and that's going to happen this Thursday. Uh, if there were other reasons for the dollar to get stronger, this is back to 2000, it's, it's kind of diminished. The blue up here is the, uh, the flattening of the strength of the dollar against all the major currencies. Every time the Fed doesn't raise rates, that gets flat or goes out. But trade-weighted, uh, the dollar is continuing to creep stronger. It might get up back to where it was in 2001 and 2000 in the Bush years. Uh, we'll see. But our surplus, our trade surplus, is a, is a relatively big number. It's about $117 billion now, and most of that is strength of the dollar. That's going to start putting a headwind on GDP in another year if some of these other economies, specifically Europe, don't get going. California moved ahead of France here a little while ago. They're now the sixth largest economy in the world and moving quickly on the UK. New York and Texas aren't far behind. They're both in the top 15. Uh, as the US GDP numbers continue to creep forward and the numbers of China continue to come out with question marks next to them, uh, interesting how the U.S. states alone come into a situation of being important global economies in their own right. Brazil would, will be dropping soon. The other side of, of this uh, is where all the billionaires are. And this is from the, uh, the IMF uh, and Fords and Forbes. I think they're uh, as interesting as this might be. You'll notice that the average is about 9% of billionaires as a share of GDP. The slide that isn't in here is the, is the slide that they've developed for the first time in a long time called percentage of billionaires in industries prone to corruption. And the biggest factor in prone to corruption is not the industry, it's political influence. Uh, and they are in order, Russia, Mexico, and Brazil. Anyway, just a little economic humor there. There isn't much else reporting. Uh, we're waiting on the Fed. We may be waiting for months on the Fed. We're waiting for Brexit. We'll wait a few days on Brexit. Other than that, that's everything to date.